her family from Maine, um, my brother-in-law and his family here from Warsaw, and his parents. So it was awesome. It was super fun, exhausting. There were 11 children, ages uh, 14 down to one and a half. Wow. Yeah, but it was awesome. Travel is important to me. You're right. It is, um, and it's not necessarily the travel, um, the locations we've gone to lots of different places and we've also have a few favorites that we go back to quite often um but for me it's all about the memories I feel like you know you see this image different places you can always make more money but you can't always make more memories Mm. and that is really important to me is what am I leaving with my kids especially in this world where you know we are so blessed physically um you know and then I see Gifts from last Christmas, like, oh, we're already over that and moving on. But, like, the memories as you hear your kids talking about, remember when we did that thing? And it doesn't have to be a big travel thing, um, but the big ones sometimes have those really fun memories. And Has that impact. I had an uncle who always said memories take work. And kind of the same thing, like, planning a trip like that takes a lot of work. But they're going to be talking about it. 40, 50 years from now. Exactly. And oftentimes it's like the smaller moments within those bigger, like all the planning and all of the things and the, the planning of the meals and, you know, all that stuff that goes into it. But really at the heart of it is remember when um, you were in the pool with us playing, hmm. you know, like those types of things that you can't you can't make up. And there's something about going away as a family. You know, that it's I'm not distracted by the dishes in the sink or the other to do list. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I love travel so much that I am not only the community engagement coordinator at WCC, but I'm also a Disney travel specialist. A Disney travel specialist. Oh, wow. I do that as a little side gig. And it's so fun. And this is the anniversary year coming up, right? Yeah, it's happening right now. It's the 50th. It's huge. It's amazing. Our family's been thinking about like this year might be the year for we've not taken our kids yet. Okay. And they're 10, 8, 6, which oh. feels like, ah, oh, we're right in the yes. zone there of like Disney time. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about I'll this give you a call. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's 18 months long. The party's 18 oh, okay. months long. Okay. Wow. So they have a long birthday. Chance. Okay. Oh, good. they're having, they're making, yeah, they're making it huge. But well, how many times have you been to Disney? Oh, good question. A lot. I mean, I would say probably uh, a dozen in my adult life, probably. Wow. Yeah. Just to, oh, but more if you add kid life in there too. Um, I went like one or two times. Okay, as a all right. Kid. So yeah. yeah, I'm gonna guess around a dozen. Wow. But it is there is something magical about it for me, and my kids love it. Yeah, John doesn't love it. <laughs> I will say that, but he is such an awesome sport. He's amazing, and he does he does have fun when we go. He's not as much of a crowd person. I don't mind the crowds. I've only gone once. I think I was like 24, 25, and we did the like every park in a day thing. Oh. So I don't feel like oh. I've really seen <laughs> Disney. Like no. I've just been there. Yes, yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm look for, looking forward to And I, yeah. I'm looking forward to going with my kids and like seeing it through their eyes, which is what's yes. fun with travel too. Exactly. And there's something about wonder. So mm-hmm. I think that's what is the pull for Disney for me is like it's there's something about the wonder and the magic. And I I know this is so corny, but there is something about that that hints at heaven. Is like there is something wonderful that mm. happens when we can be swept up in the wonder and the the magic and just like something bigger than ourselves. And I love that as the the parent watching your kids like think this is so awesome, mm. and I still think it's awesome. So. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> well, the impetus to have you on the podcast yes. is you are speaking in chapel. I sure am. 
which uh, is a big thing when you're an alum yeah. to be invited to speak in chapel. <laughs> yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. But I yeah. want to go back and just for folks kind of, you know, this is the Grace Story podcast. Yeah. So get a little bit of your story of just where you grew up. How did you get to Grace College? A little bit about your time at Grace College. Sure. OK, so, um, you know, Drew, I'm an open book. So I grew up here pretty much in in Winona Lake I mean literally across the center from the Gordon Rec Center um we moved here when I was eight I think so third grade moved from Pennsylvania here grew up here my dad worked for Grace um went to Warsaw Community High School I was a tiger I love it um and really by the time my senior year rolled around I wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do but I knew I wanted to get out of Warsaw like that was like number one priority sure. so I was looking into some other schools University of Indianapolis was big on my list they had a physical therapy program I thought maybe that's what I wanted to do um, and basically my parents were like we want you to go to a Christian school for at least your first two years and I was like uh, I do not want to go to Grace College mm. so Anywhere but Grace. Well, anyways, long story short, I ended up at Grace. My first <laughs> semester, I was like digging my heels in. I'm a pretty strong-willed person, and I was just like, I am not going to like it here. I was bound and determined to not like Grace College because I felt like I was being forced to come yeah. here. And my sister came here, met her husband. My brother came here. You know, he was still here. He was a senior when I was a freshman. And um you know, really that first semester, my freshman year, there were some professors who just made such a huge impact on my life that I was like, maybe I should give it a shot. Maybe I should stick with it. Maybe I should see. Mm -hmm. And then um, once I, my heart was softened and open, then I just loved it. There were so many, um, so many awesome things. I I'm a relational person, and so the relationships that I formed here, not just like with friendships, but also with those professors mm -hmm. um, who just made such a huge impact on my life and helped, you know, with my worldview and just like, what do I believe and why do I believe this? And um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I had, you know, lots of different experiences while here. I went through some terribly difficult times relationally as well but I mean I can look back now and see how God's grown me through mm -hmm. those hard things um, but ultimately it was so beautiful and those friendships still are so important to me um, I did meet my husband here as well which is kind of I mean funny and he, he's from the area too is. right okay so technically we met in high school because we had a class together my senior year his junior year okay which I didn't know. Like, I had no clue. I see this guy on campus. I'm talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, who is that? And she's like, oh, that's her at her fiance's roommate. Oh, that's John Robertson. I'm like, she's like, he went to Warsaw. I'm like, nope. No, he didn't. I would have recognized. I would have remembered this guy. Like, who is this? But he transferred in from Texas um, his junior year. So anyways, we met last semester, my senior year, when I was like, going to go get my master's in counseling. I changed my major mm. um, partway through and ended up with a psych degree. But I was like, I'm going to go get my master's. I'm not into I'm not going to have a relationship. And that but God knew. And I'm not going to go to Grace. You went to Grace. I'm yeah. not going to. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I see. I yeah. see a theme here. Oh, and that's the I mean, <laughs> if I hadn't learned already, like, Laura, stop digging in your heels, like really believe what people want when they want the best for you. It really is for your good. And when God wants the best for you, it really is for his purposes and for your good. Yeah. So 
That's I awesome. mean, that was a huge bonus, obviously. So you, I think you got a chapel message right there. Yeah. You already, uh, I think you're ready yeah. with uh, at least subject number one. So you then lived in the area. Did you ever move away or did you stay here post-graduation? Yeah, we stayed. Yeah. So I graduated and I was working at Warsaw Community Church already in their counseling okay. department. So um, working part-time. And then I stayed and we got engaged and we got married and I continued to work for the church. I've had like six different positions wow. at the church over the years. But you've been there for yep. really since graduation. Yeah. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we never moved away. We lived in Leesburg and then, you know, lived west of town. You now know. we live south of town. <laughs> you know, we've lived in one the lake for different seasons. But, yeah, we really feel very blessed that this community is amazing mm-hmm. and Luckily, both of our parents still are in the area, so we're very blessed by grandparents close. And So you grew up here. You went to Grace. Mm-hmm. Now your job is community engagement coordinator, which, yes. I mean, you know the community well. Yeah. So tell us, well, like that could mean a lot of things in mm-hmm. the context of a church. What does it mean at Warsaw Community Church for your role? Yeah. Um, so a couple years ago, I started really having um, some of the layers peeled back of our community. And because I grew up here, you know, I had this this image in my head that everyone had the same experience that I did, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I know that's an immature uh, thought, but that's just kind of what I was living in, was just like, oh, this is everybody's in Warsaw's experience. And a couple years ago, um, God just started like peeling back these layers and really showing me like there is such a need in our community. We have such hurt and such um, so many people who need Jesus and who need the body of believers to really be able to step in um, and speak truth and shine bright lights and all these things. So um, at that time, I was the women's ministries coordinator for WCC, and God just was really working in my heart and, you know, going into Jefferson, where my kids go to school, and having, you know, being able to bring, like, all these boys to an event, an extreme event at church, and just recognizing, like, but there's so many boys in this school who I don't know their parents' phone number to say, hey, would they want to come with us? Or, you know, like, I, I don't have any relationship with them, but but they're the they're some of the ones who really could use this encouragement and who really could use the hope of Christ. And um, so from there, I just started asking more questions and started paying attention more and started listening more. Um, so obviously my kids being in school, that's kind of the avenue that I went into. Mm. Like, so I started talking with this, the local principals, like, tell me what you're seeing. What can the church do to help? And so that's really became my passion. And I got really excited when um, Denny, our founding pastor, came to me last year and said, I want you to be on my team. This is outreach and evangelism team. And we're a small team on this uh, amazing church staff. But really, we're trying to figure out how do we help the body of Christ figure out why we should love our neighbors and how do we love our neighbors? Um, you know, relational evangelism is a big deal, hmm. but it's hard to do, especially when your view of evangelism is something else. When your view of evangelism is, I'm going to knock on the door and I'm going to tell you about Jesus and not take the time to pour in and that type of thing. So really like finding opportunities, maybe, you know, all different types of steps, right? So like low hanging fruit, we say like something that's really easy to do, but also gives you the ability to go, oh, wow, like I can do that. And that wasn't as bad or as hard or as mm. inconvenient as I thought. 
and there's a positive on the end all the way to like how do we help people when they're in those deep relationships with people who are asking hard questions like how do we equip them to to continue to walk alongside people as they make their journey towards Christ and the cross so um I don't know if that answers your yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to dig in on a phrase you said, relational evangelism. And I think you were you know, starting yep. to explain what that is. But um, define or how would you explain relational evangelism? And, and I think sometimes we have maybe a tendency to err on one side or the other. Like, hey, let's go serve the community, but yep. we never get to the evangelism part. Or... Uh, we we are kind of like hard on the evangelism on the front end without you know any re- relational capacity built. So I mean, like, what is relation relational evangelism? Yeah. Was the term you used? Yes. I like it. But yeah. What is it? What does it mean? And I'm what sure does it there's like? like books out there sure, that actually I mean, give great what, definitions. What, what would your book be if you wrote my it? book? Yeah, my book. Oh my. Well, my book would be about lots of different things. But I would say, like at the core, um, relational evangelism. Evangelism to me is sharing the hope of the gospel and you do that through relationships and it is not a task it is not something you can check off and it is so difficult to even measure and so it's this these really muddy waters that people don't like getting into at least you know I know in my heart I like to I like to cross things off my list I like to know I started something and I finished it and yet in relationships man that's not easy to do and when it comes to relational evangelism it's saying like Am I willing to invest in a relationship not having any clue if there will be any positive return? Hmm. Or am I willing to step into this relationship and enter into, you know, this friendship or, you know, acquaintanceship? It doesn't have to be like these deep, deep things, but like to be willing to be available when the Holy Spirit moves and says, hey, right now is the time. You know, we talk about um, on staff, we talk about God uses points of pain in people's lives to really draw him, you know, people to him. Mm. And so when someone's hurting and when someone's going through something, if I have a relationship already built, if I have relational equity with them already and they're going through something, maybe something big, maybe something little, and I can enter into that with them and, you know, maybe even share, Hey, I've, I've been in a similar thing. I don't think we ever should say like, I know exactly how you're feeling because we don't, you know, but um, when you can get into those points of pain with people, I mean, God just like hmm. opens up so many avenues that maybe wouldn't have been there. So really relational evangelism is being willing to have relationships with people with the hope that someday yeah. he's going to open up a door for a conversation. But there's no pushing it. It's not our timetable. And we might not actually ever be the one harvesting. Like the Bible is clear about that, right? Mm-hmm. There are those that plant, there are those that water, and there are those that are harvest. And he says like, we need the harvesters, but... You know, I've been wrestling with this and we've talked about this on staff. Like, what if I never see a harvest? Hmm. What if my role is constantly watering? What if my role is constantly planting? And somebody else in that person's life gets the, gets to see the harvest. Am I willing to say that is worth it? And I'm going to enter in, you know, with that person, hmm. even if I never get to see the harvest. And I think that's kind of challenging to the way that I've thought about evangelism, right? <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned something kind of like finding the finding the pain points, finding mm-hmm. the difficulty, which means and you talked about this going to the hard places. Mm-hmm. And and you even said, you know, maybe you didn't recognize what those were, 
growing up yeah. here in Warsaw, Winona yeah. Lake, and and we do, we live in many ways an idyllic community. Yeah. But there is a there is lots of places where yeah. pain exists. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing as a, a church or as an individual um, to enter into those spaces, and what are those spaces? Yeah. Um, so lots of different levels there, right? So like as a church and as an individual, yeah. those look totally different. But I would say even for me personally, um, even making the effort, I live out in the country, we live out in the country a little bit, right? So we've got some acreage. So we've got like all of our space around us, you know, so neighbor, we don't live in a neighborhood. Yeah. So we don't like neighbors isn't something that like the kids, somebody's knocking on our door. You have to make an effort to go talk to the neighbors. Right, and, right, right. and really in the country, a lot of people live in the country because they don't want to talk to the neighbors, <laughs> not me. But, um, you know, really it was for me realizing like I have to make an effort to talk to my neighbor. And I how do I do that? Like how do I even begin to have a relationship with the neighbor? So mm. like even just putting yourself out there knocking on the door and saying, hey, I noticed that there's like a, a graduation sign. Somebody graduated? Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, it was it's awkward. It's so like, hey, I'm being a little intrusive. Yeah. But, I mean, really, I got to the place personally where I thought, um, I don't want to be nosy, definitely, but I want to be, as the spirit leads, willing to um, ask people a little bit more about their business. You know, we live in such a closed off, I'm going to choose who I share my stuff with, which isn't necessarily negative, but then again, like, it reduces the amount of um, capacity that you give people to come in and to invest and pour in. So, you know, sometimes you have to be willing to like have those awkward conversations and break down the walls. Um, even at Christmas time, like doing the whole, like I'm gonna write a Christmas letter and drop off hot fudge to my neighbors. And like, here's a QR code for like our favorite song, you know, like just even things and translating one into Spanish. Cause one of our neighbors, they have like two English speaking people in their house and, you know, like putting myself out there saying this, could fail miserably mm -hmm. but i want to invest in the relationships to see the reward yeah if if i get to see it fabulous if not okay but i'm still going to be obedient to what god's asked me to do so even in little ways like that um i would say also you know god's done a huge work in my heart and just my mindset as i as i talk to people in the community hmm. right it's easy to like look at people and make those instantaneous judgments yes so easy to do but when you can pause and backtrack um, and recognize that maybe that person who's struggling over there didn't choose this. I worked in community care at WCC for a couple years. And in that role, I got to meet with women who needed financial assistance. Mm -hmm. And they would come to the church, which is a huge step for anybody to go to a place and say, I need help. So I got the privilege of entering into some of these women's lives and realized in those moments, like when there are women in our community who feel like they have to prostitute themselves to have a place to sleep at night, like that's happening in our community. Mm. And, and to hear their heart of they don't want to be there, but this is what they feel is their only option. It kind of wrecks you and, and changes your perspective as you look around at this, at this community and you look at the, at the places that are tucked nicely behind other areas. Um, and we can, we can all put on a great show, and that happens a lot. But I think just even as I've allowed God to show me where you need to take that thought captive and make it obedient to me, like you need to stop that 
that quick judgment. You need to, you know, so even internally, that has been a big process that God has done in me. And I would say as a community church, um, just looking for opportunities, where are the real needs in the community? I mean, I see them blatantly in the schools. Hmm. Um, I happen to, my brother-in-law happens to be um, part of the staff at Warsaw Community Schools and you know, just some insight into every, like all of the different socioeconomic, um, all the diversity in our community basically resides under the roofs of our schools. Yeah, it's going to show up there. Yes. Yep. And so all of these places intersecting like naturally is in the schools. And so if you want to see what's happening in our community, you look in our schools yeah, and you yeah. see what's going on. So I personally love let's pour into the schools. Let's pour into these staff members who are. They're doing the hard work with these kids and, um, you know, also as a church, lots of lots of different ways that the church is doing this. But, you know, helped with a food drive, the food um, bank for a while when that was a big need. Just just saying, God, like, where is it that you need us to work now and being open to that? And we're in the process. Our roles are new. So we're still we're in the Trying strategic. Trying to figure out what that yeah, looks like. Yeah, but we're in the strategic planning stage and we are getting ready to roll out a new plan um, for 2022. And it's really exciting because hopefully it's sustainable pathways for people to get in the community mm. and be serving with the hope of developing those relationships so that, you know, they can eventually yeah. um, hopefully have conversations. That's really awesome to hear what God's done in you and is beginning to do really. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's been doing it for many yes, years, but yeah. really yes. in a new, fresh way doing yes. through WCC. And I, I love that insight and it's good for all of us. Just like, if you want to see what a community is like, look at the schools because yeah. you're, you're going to be able to quickly find out what, wh where there are people who are different than you, mm -hmm. um, where there's diversity, where there are families that may not look like yours or yes. think like yours or be from the same places or have the same backgrounds. You're going to see it under the roof of the school. And that's a great place to learn more about what is your community like. Yes, exactly. Um, so you're speaking in chapel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Back to the chapel thing. Yeah. So uh, have you thought about, I mean, what road? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you get a chance to talk to students, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a great privilege. What are you thinking about talking about? What what does God have on your heart right now? Yeah, it is a privilege. I definitely feel privileged, and I feel a little bit like, uh, God, are you sure? Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, you know, as I even answered some of the questions, I was like, Oh my goodness! I'm like, Oh, I just live in Warsaw. I'm just little. Laura, we haven't, you know, like I haven't written a book. I haven't done all these things. You know, yeah. I remember going to chapel and even as an adult, I've gone a couple of times and listened because I'm like, man, this is good stuff. Taking notes. So anyways, um, I trust well, God Well, you is should moving. know. I think your passion is well, going to come through. <laughs> yes, and I think yes. our students are going to love like, hey, this is a, this is. This is a this is a person. Yes, <laughs> like yes, a, I am a real person. This isn't a book. That's this true. isn't a whatever. This is just a person yeah. who's sharing their story. So, anyways, yes. yeah. What yes. Is, um. So, I mean, where as I've been praying about it, and um, after I talked to Brent a little bit about it, um, I really landed on two things that might see a little. Anyways, um, magnifying the name of God and our perspective, and really, um, God's been just. I just figured, you know what? This is what He's continuing to teach me so this is what I'm going to speak yeah. on and using my favorite passage of scripture which is Psalm 34 
um, specifically verse five, where it says those that look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered in shame. I lived a lot of my life with my face covered in shame. Mm -hmm. And so that verse has been so freeing and continues to be freeing to me because I know when I am looking at the face of Jesus, my actions are going to match what he has for me. And my perspective is going to be on on him and not focus on, you know, this hurt over here or this this comment or that post that someone did, you know. I mean, or even like the the things that are big and hard. Mm-hmm. Um we tend to make them bigger. And so how do we keep that in proper how do we keep proper perspective? How do we keep an eternal perspective? And then in all of that, you know, verse three and the King James Version says, magnify the Lord, which I am not a King James Version girl. <laughs> but the word magnify kept coming to me like yeah. over and over again, magnify, magnify. And I'm like, OK, so I start doing, you know, pulling out my strongs and I'm like, magnify isn't really used as much as I thought it would be. You know, we sing songs with the word in it. Sure. But as I dove into it and then all of a sudden it's in song, it's two verses ahead of my favorite that I was planning on speaking. Okay, God. Okay. So he kind of layered that for me. But um, what does what does that look like to really magnify God and Jesus instead of magnifying situations, circumstances, pains, even joys um, that are temporary hmm. and not eternal? So there's a lot still going along yeah. going on in my head and on my notes, but um, I'm just continuing to pray that God will narrow it down and that I will fade out and that He will He will shine brightly. That's my prayer. Oh, and I it's really good. I really, um, you know, you do like I got the hymns running. You magnify the <laughs> precious yes. name. Of. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I know yes. some hymns with that. Uh, with that word in it, but I don't hear it as much, you know, I don't he- think of that I see it as much in scripture, but if, yes. And, and, and a word that came to me is focus, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever is being magnified it is what's in focus. Right. So like, like you were saying, like if you're, if you're focused in on, mm-hmm. um, your pain or your shame, um, if you magnify that, that's what you're going to focus on. Yeah. If, if you magnify, you know, God and his glory, um, and you're focused there yes. um these temporary things will fade away um right. as you're focused on uh, focused on and magnifying god so that's i mean i mean that's you know it's one of those things that i feel like and and tell me how you do this in your life it's one of those things that like i know oh, right yeah. i mean yeah. uh, but but daily practice of that is a totally different story of yeah magnify sure. god don't focus on your stuff <laughs> sure but like how do you do that oh, man. daily? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I'm still working on it. I'm just, like I said, God's teaching this to me. But I think as I've like continued to grow my walk with Jesus, you know, really diving into the tools that he gives us. I mean, he. I also believe we have everything we need. Like we already have it through Jesus. And so if I, if I can start off my day by literally, sometimes I literally have to turn my face. I know this sounds maybe silly, but like I literally turn my face and imagine him there. And I say, I want my focus to be on you today. Help me. And then it's choosing to listen to those promptings of when I'm in the moment and it would be easy to push aside when the spirit's nudging me like, Hey, you better, 
you better turn. You better turn now. Laura, mm. turn now or else you're going to regret this. You know, I'm thinking I'm parenting a 12-year-old <laughs> alongside with my amazing husband. And um, I mean, there are just some days where it's hard. And I, him and I, my not my husband, sorry, my 12-year-old and I can really, we're very similar. So very fiery and God's going to use him in mighty ways. I believe it. I firmly do believe that. But you know, there are times that if I don't choose to listen to that prompting of the spirit or even just the recalling of the truth, right? Do everything without complaining or without bitterness, you know, like, and, and you're the adult, Laura, like, come on, like, don't engage with him when I want to be like, oh boy, (laughs) you just messed with the wrong woman. But, you know, so even in those situations, like choosing to take my thoughts captive, choosing to turn away, Um, you know, obviously filling my mind with truth more than I fill it with lies, which is really hard to do. But, um, if I can, the more I listen to truth, the more I digest it, the more I put it in front of me, the easier it is, is going to come out of me. Mm. And so I think, you know, I grew up having to memorize Bible verses, but I didn't know why. But now as an adult, man, I don't want to just memorize Bible verses so that I can tell you Psalm 34, 5 says, but so that I can say to you or to to my kid or to that hurting person, like, listen, I know this is true because God's word says it and I've experienced it. Hmm. Like when we can marry those two things, like God's truth and our experiences, I think Man, it's just powerful. And then that feeds that feeds our desire to continue to magnify his name and to continue to digest his goodness, you know, and, and his eternal perspective. I think I've just had so many people speak into my life and, and give me that perspective when I've needed it. Hmm. And it probably has, you know, saved my life, hmm. literally. And then also just like, I'm a different person because I choose okay, let's stop and look at this from an eternal perspective and not from a here and now because the here and now looks bad, looks scary, looks hard, looks that can cause so much anxiety. But wow, what's the big picture? What's eternal That's here? so, so good. I, I mean, I'm still totally yeah. learning. Well, through. and, it, and like, it's so, <laughs> you know, I, I love that the, um, we, can, we can help others so much better, right? When we can say God's word says it and I've lived it. Yes. Um, so you can trust what God says because um, every, every one of his promises, all whatever, 3,000 of them have yes. always held up true. Yes. And I can testify to that because I've, I've lived it. So that, that's a great message that we yes. all need all the time. So, yeah. Well, this podcast will probably come out after okay, your chapel sure. message, okay, so good. we'll see how it all turns right, out. We'll see if I actually <laughs> land where I think I'm landing. <laughs> but thank you for taking the time, even for yeah. a few minutes today, to share with us and Absolutely. to give us a little bit of insight on travel and on what God's doing at Warsaw Community yes. Church and in your own life. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. And thanks everybody for listening today to the Grace Story podcast. Music was written and produced by Dr. Wally Brath, Assistant Professor of Worship Arts here at Grace. Thank to our thanks to our co-producers Ryan and Rick and if you can do us a huge favor and rate and comment on this wherever you retrieved it from we would be so grateful until next time live your best grace story today